welcome to the Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences, Dr. Steve Wood. Episode 200. 200, baby. Yes, joined by my co-host, partner in crime, Ooh. Dr. Bill Kanaski. Gosh, 200, 200. Yeah, who would have thought Man, right, when we started? That, I mean, yeah, I remember, I remember episode one in a hotel room and just kind of winging it, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, podcast has come a long way. Um, well, first of all, thanks. You, thanks to you um, and, and Ava. Both of you have been uh, a huge help uh, on the podcast. Thanks to our guests. We've had a lot of guests on yeah. that I think have been fantastic. Um, and we try to mix it up between some solos, some you and I, some guests. And um, I, I haven't really had almost any, uh, just a handful. <laughs> a couple complainers out there but for the most part just a, a lot of um not just a lot of compliments on the podcast but i'd say every week i hear from at least one or two people but but here here's the thing what i'm hearing steve are attorneys and claims people uh emailing me calling me texting me saying keep doing what you're doing like you're talking about important things somebody's got to talk about this and nobody else is and so um i get a lot of joy and yeah. satisfaction out of that. Um, I like ranting. I've got, oh, I've got an epic one today. It's really two, two rants combined into one, the same topic, but we'll get to that in a second. But uh, I want to thank, I want to just, before we get going on this very special topic for number 200, I want to thank, uh, I want to thank our listeners, our guests, uh, everybody at Courtroom Sciences that makes this happen. Um because we're all in this together, and this has been a fantastic experience. Um, I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go Ric Flair. I'm gonna go Ric Flair right now, oh. based on the interview I saw the when the old. I was looking at the old interviews when he goes, "Diamonds last forever," and so does the litigation psychology podcast. Woo! <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> and he says so does rick flair right but, yeah. that, but i mean really I, I think we're on to something really good episode 200 um we are plowing straight ahead and we are uh we are shifting into another just i had to say uh a gear a gear that's more powerful going forward here uh we've got some good momentum we have more guests on yeah uh scheduled coming up for early in 2004 and um, we're going to talk about really important things and keep this thing going. Uh, Ava Hernandez is going to be joining uh, more, and she has a couple of uh, guests going to come on that she's bringing up. I think a couple of people in the MedMal arena. That'll be very interesting. Uh, but let's talk about, should I do my rant now? Sure. I do want to say one other thing while you're thinking. Thanks to our project management team also, for especially for this one, right? Because we had them working. Well, I was getting there. Now you make me look like the asshole. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. Well, well for, first, I just thanked everybody at Courtroom Sciences. And now you have to go ahead and say, oh, yeah, Bill, you missed somebody, our project management team. Thank, uh, thanks a lot, Dr. Wood. Add that to your rant. I, what, are you, like, what are you doing? I was going to say that special for when oh. you got into the data to say, oh, by the way, I was going to isolate them. That's like an even more special thank you. And you just torpedoed my effort. So this is a whole nother. So now I'm rant, I'm ranting about oh, you. So I was just gonna say, are you done with your? Is that is that the third rant now? Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that that's the first rant. So the second rant, the second and third rant. So yesterday, 
uh, I had a question. So I had, to call, I had to call my health insurance company, same health insurance you have through, you know, Corum Sciences. So I called them because I have a question about, co- you know, whether something's covered and, you know, approaching the end of the year, right? So I call the 1 800 number. And of course, it says, you know, welcome to blah, blah, blah insurance. You know, enter your, uh, ID, your 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 member ID number on the keypad. It's like 15 effing digits, dude. So of course, you know, I'm I'm, I'm trying to, I, I gotta say shit. So I gotta go run, get my wallet. This thing, I got my dial, you know, I got the I got the keypad on there, the dial pad on there. And I'm looking down, I'm doing 15 digits. So of course I get to like digit nine and I hit the wrong, I get shut. I have to start over. So now it's like shit. And then, oh, my phone goes dark. I put my phone back on. And so I get it. So finally, I get 15 digits. Like, okay, hit, I hit a uh, pound. And then it says, enter your group ID number. I'm like, Ugh. so now that one's, you know, like nine digits, right? Or eight digits of my shit. Okay, so now I got to uh, dial it in. Okay, hit pound. They go, one moment, please. Yeah, and then a terrible, by the way, have, why is on hold music so damn bad? Have you... Like they're not playing Foo Fighters or Guns yeah, N' Roses on on your hold music, right? It's just yeah. really, really, really bad. Like I want to turn it down, but I can't because then when they pop on, I'm gonna miss them, right? Anyway, really, really shitty music. It wasn't too long of a wait. It was like four minutes, and she's like, uh, "You know, this is this is uh, Susie um, at blah 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 healthcare. How can I help you?" I said, "Hi, uh, thank you very much." I'm like, "I have this question about um, my coverage." First thing out of her mouth, she goes, can you please confirm your member ID number? And I go, no, I can't. <laughs> and my wife was in the room. She looked at me. She's like, what are you doing? And I went, no, I won't. And she goes, well, sir, I need to I need to confirm your member ID number. I go, you mean the one I just entered into my, my phone? Well, when I called in, you mean that number that I've already entered into the system? And she's like, sir, I'm like, what? Like, why, why did I enter it in? Why couldn't I just give it to you when you picked up the, like, why am I doing this twice? And then I'm going to, now I'm going to branch off there. I, uh, uh, last week I went to the dermatologist, Steve, it's the same shit. So I go up to the girl, right? Go up to the desk, there's a nurse. And she's like, can I have your ID and your insurance card? I go, yeah. She photocopies them. And then gives me a stack of paperwork to stick to, on, on a clipboard to go fill out. Do you know how many times I had to write my address in? So I got like to the third time, I mean, and the insurance stuff, and I walk back up, I go, listen, is it really necessary? Like, I don't mind signing all this shit, but is it really, really necessary for me to, I have to fill out my name, my address, my date of birth. I, go, I just gave you my driver's license and a copy of it. And then I got to fill out my insurance. I just gave you my insurance. Like, why am I filling all this shit out? Over and over and over. And she just looked at me. She's like, I'm sorry. This is the way it works. <laughs> so, it's. I mean, come on. It's 2024, Steve. They can't. You can't get a better way to get my information. I mean, hell. I, I, could, I could buy a $5,000 cold plunge on my phone and click three buttons. I can't go to the doctor's office and just hand them my stuff. And Did you get strategically moved to like four or five people back from where you should have been after? No, I know. I know I didn't, Steve. Thank you very much. But like, am I way off here? Am I way off with this ridiculous inefficiency? Steve, the level of inefficiency is absurd. That that I will agree with. And you know how you and I love efficiency. 
Okay, I, I do like efficiency. Um, so I had to get that off my chest. Otherwise, it would have been a completely shit podcast. Okay, episode 200, and I put this out there. Um, this is one of the most important podcasts um, we've ever done because we're going to cover a topic that I have always said, Steve, and you have always said that everybody's getting this wrong. Right. Not just the defense bar, the plaintiff's bar too, because we've talked to some plaintiff attorneys about this. Now, let's start off this story. Uh, a couple of years ago, you got to be careful here. I'm not naming names. I'm not calling people up. But there's been a lot of people, particularly uh, on LinkedIn, uh, on some articles I've seen. One just came out uh, yesterday on LinkedIn with some of our competitors talking about this issue. That said, all these things say, like, um, what's causing nuclear verdicts? And everybody comes out and says, it's juror anger. These jurors getting pissed. These jurors are furious. And they're rewarding these ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous damages. And it's anger. So I read a couple articles that said that. I mean, dozens and dozens and dozens of attorneys and claims people on LinkedIn posting. And I get into arguments with them because I, I'll tell you what I post. But I get into arguments with them because I say, oh, yeah, it's all anger. It's all anger. These pissed off juries, blah, 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 blah. And my response to these people, because you and I have a very different you know, outlook on this, it's like, well, how do you know? Well, it's obvious. I mean, it's, I mean, to award something that big, it has to be anger. I'm like, boy, that's about the most non-scientific non uh, assessment I've ever heard of. And so you and I have talked here for the last couple of years. And you and I know, Steve, you and I know, and I've said this on stage during every speech. I'm like, I know juror anger is not the main factor in nuclear verdicts. I know that, you know that. Right. I mean, we watch these juries deliberate in our focus groups, our mock trials, and we interview jurors after real verdicts. Rarely do I see angry people awarding gazillions of dollars in our projects. And in our projects, they do award gazillions of dollars sometimes. They were, they, I mean, we had one the other week. It was like $100 million of damages from a mock jury. But they didn't, again, they didn't have, uh, porches and pitchforks while they were doing it. We know what's going on here. However, unlike the others out there, whether you be a competitor or a defense attorney or a claims person, we knew before we said too much about this issue, we had to, just like we do everything else, we do our jury research very scientifically we do our witness training protocol very very scientifically and i told you steve a while back i said before we really have this podcast and we talk about how we really feel about this we've got to prove it scientifically yeah, so we decided sitting on, for, sitting on this for a while oh i've yeah, been yeah. sitting on this and me bothering you like are we ready are we ready are we ready and we're not really done with it either but we have enough of it done where I think we can share, you know, what's the real relationship here between juror anger and uh, the amount of, uh, you know, damages on these cases. And so the purpose of this uh, podcast is to set the record straight, not just with our observations, because that's what we've done before. We've talked about this on the podcast. 
we've told people, we've said this on the podcast, it goes well beyond anger. And I've posted all over LinkedIn. That's a little bit more than that. It's not that simple. But again, we want to do this in a way in which we could say statistically we've now looked at this, right? We've collected the data. We've looked at the data. We've run the analysis. And so that's what this podcast is going to be about. Steve, I know you. Okay. Now, thank you to our project management. See, I had this on my Thank you to our project management management staff for helping us collect all the data for these jurors. And uh, Steve, you and I designed the study, and I kind of want to hand it over to you to kind of outline, because uh, you have a lot of training and expertise in research methodologies, stati- uh, multivariate statistics, and we're going to have to kind of set this up for our audience to understand the results, okay? Because this was not a cause and effect study. And we collected various data. We analyzed it a certain way. We got the results. So why don't you kind of walk them through kind of what our key research questions were, how we designed the study, how we, you know, the methodology of this thing. And then we'll we'll talk about what the results and what we found, because I think it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. And I think just as a note, I'm going to keep it kind of high level. So if, if mm-hmm. those of you who are big in statistics, if I don't touch on some things, when we go to publish the paper, we'll go into more detail. I just don't want to go into all of it on on the podcast, but there's obviously a lot going on in our thought process about why we yeah. did certain things, why we included certain variables, why we didn't include certain variables. Um, so we're going to talk about that. But first and foremost, on the actual study itself, as we were talking about, you know, anger and whether or not anger is related to, to damage awards, you know, we needed to look at, okay, well, how can we measure anger of jurors? And now there's obviously now, you know, Bill, there's trade anger and there's state anger. And I'll let you speak on that too, as far as the two, two different ones and what we were focusing on in this study. Yeah. And so there, again, there's, this is a complex, again, attorneys, again, both plaintiff and defense have gotten this really, really wrong. And claims managers have really gotten it wrong, but it's been really oversimplified. It's like anger is anger. I mean, well, what's define anger? Well, there's many different types of anger, but but the two main categories scientifically of anger are state anger and trait anger. So state anger meaning how the state, the state that you're in. Like now, how do you feel in this moment, right? Versus trait anger, which means kind of how are you wired? It's a trait, right? It's something that's with you all the time. And so on this again, uh, anxiety is uh, um, measured in state and trait anxiety, right? Uh, so there's various variables that are measured in this way. Um, and uh, for this particular study, we really focused on the state anger and uh, got various ratings for those because we thought that w- was that was the smartest uh, thing thing to do. And, and it wasn't very hard uh, data to collect uh, during our projects. Right. And I think it goes to the reason why we did state anger as well is because the thought being as everybody talks about, you know, defense attorneys or plaintiff attorneys, hey, they're trying to get you angry. They're trying to get you angry yeah. in the moment. Well, that's state. That's not you're coming in as just an angry person. So we wanted to look at, okay, is it people who are pissed off in the moment that are, you know, doing these? And now, spoiler alert, we're collecting trait <laughs> anger and we're going to look at that later. Um, but we started right now with state anger, really to address the question that we've been hearing about jurors are pissed in the moment. And that's why they're giving a high damage verdicts. So in order to do that, we used, um, there's several different things out there, several different questionnaires and that, that you can use to look at 
anger. And we use the state trait anger expression inventory or Staxi. Yeah, it's gold standard. That's gold standard in, in yeah. clinical psychology. So that one was the one that we had talked about. That was the one we had liked. It was hard trying to find some of the uh, uh, actual items on it. So you and I had to do a lot of research to try to yeah. track down the, the items. But the mm -hmm. items that we used, <laughs> so what we would do is after, if it was a mock trial, after the mock trial was over, after the jurors would deliberate, we would give them what we refer to as an exit statement. That's essentially the, an individual verdict form. And I'll talk about that more. But on that individual verdict form, it said, as it relates to these different parties, you know, please rate your anger on a level of one to four. So one being not at all, two being somewhat, three being moderately, and four being very much. Okay, so they had that rating scale. And the questions that they were asked was, I am furious, I feel irritated, I feel angry, I am mad, and I am burned up. So those were the, the, the main ones that we looked at. And like I said before, we can explain more and talk later about why we use those versus some other ones. But the point of the matter is, for our purposes, those were the, the key ones that we wanted to look at. Yeah. And, and again, this is from an instrument that's widely accepted in right. clinical psychology. And we, I know that you looked up the factor analysis on those items. They're highly, they're highly reliable, predictable items. So, uh, and what that means is if you have a questionnaire, for example, of 20 items, right? Uh, they've done factor analysis to figure out, okay, uh, of those 20 items, which of the 20, it could be four, it could be five, it could be six, are most predictive right? Which are the strongest items? So what we did was we plucked out a couple because we, we didn't have time to do all 20 say, right? So you pick out the strongest ones and you rely on those knowing that you have, um, you know, valid and reliable measurement. Yeah. And there, there were some other ones we could have used. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to you. You know, there was ones like, I feel like swearing. I feel like yelling at somebody. I feel like banging on the table. Um, for our purposes, it wasn't, that wasn't, uh, appropriate ones for because that's the difference between how you feel anger at the time or how you feel as far as anger lashing out so there's yeah. without going into all that too right there's this angry feeling plus angry intention to act so that was what we used as far as getting a sense for how angry these jurors were at the moment the next thing we need to look at was okay what are the damage awards how how, how are we going to predict whether or not this anger is related to how much these jurors were going to award so as part of that, as a part of that exit statement, we would ask them as well in the individual verdict form as, all right, you know, if you're a jury of one, how much would you award to the plaintiff for compensatory damages? And, you know, that, that was one of the, that was one of the things that we used. Okay. Um, we did a second thing too, though, because we thought, okay, well, individual damage awards, what happens when we do our issues in focus group where we don't have jurors deliberating and we don't have them. It's a, just a different format where yeah. they're not going to go into deliberations and be able to award damages that way. Uh, so what we do is what we refer to as our high, low, fair exercise. And what that is, is I'll go in there and say, okay, imagine that you're a you know a jury of one, you need to deliberate with your group members. And in order to get out of the deliberations, you're going to need to come to an agreement on the total compensatory damages. Now, just for the record, I wouldn't say, okay, let's break it out into plaintiff one, plaintiff two, plaintiff three. I would just say one lump sum to all of them because ultimately that's what ends up happening. You know, is you got yeah. some total that's going to get paid. So I'd say of that total sum, what's the highest you're willing to go? Meaning 
I'm willing with my other group members in order to get out of this deliberation, I'm willing to go this high, but I'm not going a dollar more. So if you were 10 million was your max, you're going to say, I'm willing to go 10 million, but I'm not going a dollar more because anything over that's just way too much. Then you have your low, you know, how, how low am I willing to go? You know, once I hit that, I'm not going any lower. So if I hit 5 million, I'm not going any lower than 5 million because this plaintiff needs at least $5 million and I'm not giving them less. And then you have the fair amount, which is really the fair number between, or the fair number to both parties. So what's an appropriate amount? And that's usually somewhere in between the high and the low. So that's, that was how we did that. Now, without confusing too much of the issue, if we had mock trials where we had individual verdict forms, we also did the high, low, fair. So we have data for that. And then on the focus groups, it was all just the high, low, fair data. Yeah. All good. Anything I think, on that, Bill? I, I, I think all is good. So we've defined how we're measuring anger, which and, and, but let's take a step back, Steve. Again, this can be a long podcast because we have to yeah, explain right. stuff. Okay. I mean, Steve and I are PhD scientists. We we did big research projects back in grad school. And after we, I mean, we've worked, I mean, I have many publications in, in medical. I mean, I mean, I mean, I've done, I've worked on NIH grants. So we know what we're doing. At the same time, there are limitations to any study like this, right? Right. Um, so what we did was we tried to mix, right, balance out what was the most practical, right, versus, you know, what, you know, what was the most valid measurement we could get as well, knowing that it's never going to be perfect. I mean, if you have, I mean, ideally, right. You'd have a sample size of, you know, multiple thousand and you would replicate the same study over and over and over the stimulus. Right. And everybody would take the full uh, assessment of anger. And then afterwards, I mean, if you had unlimited resources and unlimited time, that's how you would do this. Well, we, we don't, we don't have that. So this was um, our best effort to capture the data in a valid, reliable way, which to me, scientifically, exceeded the bar of acceptability, right? Could it always be better? Absolutely. Um, not going to be perfect. But the whole point to this was um, there is a way to capture this data, right? And um, we wanted to do that over an extended period of time with a significant number of jurors to analyze that data to see which way it was was trending. And, and I think based on the work that you've done, what I've seen, um, I'm, I'm very comfortable with our methodology, given 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 the, the, the situation that we're in. Yeah, I think that's the, the big thing too, is in a perfect world, this would have been, we could have been done it, yeah. tested, retest, and you'd had a bunch of different groups and random oh, God, assignment yeah. and all that stuff like that. So um, once again, yes, we understand that there's some limitations, but for our purposes, this is, this is a good approximation of what we were able to do in a realistic Absolutely. environment versus a, a, you know, more of a controlled environment. All right. So that's how we, that's how we got it, right? We got our state anger. And then what I did was take those questions, add up the scores that individuals had given on that one through four scale to give them a total anger score towards a given defendant. All right. And a lot of times what we did was it'd be the main defendant, meaning who's the one that if there was apportionment of fault, they were the main defendant or whoever was the main target of the plaintiff's um, allegations and that. So that's what we used as far as adding that score up for that anger. And then we had our different damage awards. 
So then what I did is I just ran a correlation analysis and we can talk about that. Right. So correlation analysis, and this goes back to what you're saying, Bill, right? There's a big difference yeah. between correlation and causation, you know, to try to say that yeah. anger causes high damage awards and in order for you to actually look at that, you need to run <laughs> yeah. once again, random assignment, Ran randomized control trials. Yeah. You're not, we're not doing that. It's impossible. Yeah. So it takes a lot in order to say that something causes one thing. Yeah. So what we had to look at was a correlation, which is really just a relationship between two variables. Now, correlations have this coefficient that ranges from negative one to positive one. And all that's really telling you is when you have a positive correlation, you have a positive relationship between the two variables. So as one variable's score goes up, the other one goes up. So as you have an increase in anger, you have an increase in damage awards versus a negative correlation where it shows as one goes one way, one goes the other. So as you have an anger, let's say if you looked at anger for the plaintiff, as you have anger for the plaintiff going up, your damage awards go down. All right. So that's really what we looked at just to give you a simple, as I said, simplistic overview of correlation coefficient. I know we can go into more detail, but not going to do it on the podcast. Yeah. And so let's kind of talk about what a hypothesis, it's like you and I are teaching research. I, know, so I feel like I'm back in, that's in 101. I feel like I'm teaching undergrad, right? Or, or first year grad students. Let's yeah. talk about what a hypothesis is, right? So the hypothesis here, well, there's something called the null hypothesis, which assumes, you always assume there's, you're trying to prove there's no relationship between the variables. Well, we came in knowing that, of course, anger affects damage. Like we know that. But the extent to how much it does is where there's the disagreement. You and I know it's not a massive factor in juror decision-making. We know that. However, DRI and all these claims people on LinkedIn and a lot of defense and plaintiff attorneys are like, it's number, the number one factor. It's the number one driver. We, we know that's bullshit. We always have. So we had to prove it. Now, funny enough, Steve, tell me about the story about the recent um, reptile guy on the pod, uh, the, 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 the Keenan podcast. Uh, and what, no, and what he said, right? So he comes out talking about jury selection and he goes, he goes, one thing I figured out, he goes, I don't want angry jurors. Angry jurors don't help the plaintiff. I want, what, what did he say? I want he happy. Want happy he wants happy jurors. <laughs> I want happy people want to award my client a lot of money. I don't want angry people. So, so, so now we have a plaintiff attorney. So I got one plaintiff attorney on a podcast saying, oh, pissed off juries award high damages. And I got another plaintiff attorney gone on a different podcast going, oh, no, 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 no. Happy people. I want happy, positive people because they want to give me money. It no, Here's okay. So let's establish this. No one knows what the hell they're talking about. No, no, right. th These are all just intuitions. These are all just your mind coming up with stuff. A lot of confirmation bias, I think. We have data so now we're going to go into that sure so like i said after with all of that running correlation analysis just between like i said the total anger awards and then i did it a couple of different ways and we're going to talk about um first and foremost we're just going to talk about the individual damage awards hey hold on so, steve let's, let's, let's go let's go with the second hypothesis so you have your null okay. hypothesis yeah, right? yeah. you have your null hypothesis null. meaning meaning you're testing to see like you're just assuming there's no relation we know there's a relationship so we, we had no issue about that so the first alternative hypothesis is 
If you if you if you go on LinkedIn right now, or you go on just go on Google, angry jurors or juror anger, you're gonna read just a bunch of LinkedIn posts, articles, whatever about nuclear verdicts, and everybody's saying it's anger, it's anger, it's anger. It's the number one predictor. It's the cause of this whole mess. So the alternative hypothesis, Steve, going into this which we knew wasn't true, but we we, made, we just went by what society and the industry was telling us, that there would be a very strong correlation right. between juror anger and the damage awards. Right. And we expected a strong positive correlation. As anger went up, damages would go up. That's what That was our hypothesis based on the industry and the feedback and the LinkedIn post, that's what everybody's thinking. So that was our hypothesis, which we knew was probably not going to come true. Right. Well, we tested it anyway, right? So yep. what we did on the individual damage awards, we looked at, you know, and just for you know purposes of clarity and, and all that is we standardized the damage awards, meaning because what you have is different cases, different venues. And I'm going to talk more about how do you, how we're going to account for that at a later date, but you have different venues, different cases, different damage requests and all that. So what you have to do is standardize those damage awards so that you take kind of all that noise from all these different various case topics and all that and standardize it into one number. So just for purposes, you know, clarity, as far as when we analyze these, we were analyzing them as standard across taking into consideration each case, all those case facts, everything was different. So when we correlated it, when we looked at the relationship between total anger and the individual damage awards, we got a, uh, a positive relationship um, on 246 jurors. And the, the relationship was a 0.328 or a 0.33. Okay. Now it's significant, statistically significant, which some people would say that's great. St statistical significance means shows that it's influential, strongly influential. But really, from a correlation standpoint, Bill, 0.32 well, is... Well, hold on. Let's, yeah. So let's back up here. So what's statistical, right? A p-value. What's statistical, it's, it's statistical. You hear your expert witnesses says, it's a statistically significant fine. Okay. All that means is that you have enough statistical power in your sample to detect something meaningful. Right. And okay. it happened by chance, right? So, so when we say, hey, our p-value, I don't know if you even have the p-value handy, but whatever the p-value is, it's it's significant. But what that means is we have a large enough sample to detect that anger is a meaningful part of this puzzle when it comes to damages. So that's kind of question number one. We knew that. We right. knew that. So now let's talk about the strength of that relationship, Steve, and kind of maybe walk them through the full scale and talk about what a 0.3, uh, positive 0.3 means versus maybe what we would have expected. Let's, let's go to our hypothesis. I mean, what would a, okay, back to our hypothesis, right? Based on LinkedIn, defense attorneys, a couple of plaintiff attorneys, right? Uh, claims people, it's anger causing these nuclear verdicts. That's the number one factor. What type of correlation, right? What value as a scientist, as a hypothesis, would you expect if it was a very strong relationship. Personally, I would have expected to see anywhere from, you know, point high point fives, point sixes, I would think. Yeah. You know, and maybe even point seven if it was as strong as everybody thinks. I mean, the way 
we've been hearing a lot of this conversations. I mean, hell, it's almost like you would think throw throw out whether or not the defendant's conduct, throw out this, yeah. throw out that. Yeah. If you can piss off jurors, then that's the key. That's the linchpin to getting a high. That's how order. that's how ridiculous this conversation's been with people. And then and and then when I point this out, whether it be on LinkedIn or at a speech or face to face, people look at me like like look at me like I'm I'm nuts. Right. Oh, it's it's anger. Oh, it's totally anger. And I'm like, okay, uh, Mr. Claims person or Mrs. Claims person, like, where are you getting this shit from? Well, it's got to be. Who in their right mind would? I said, I said, well, that's funny because I just did a mock trial last week, and the uh, one of the groups awarded 175 million dollars of damages. They were cool, calm, collected, and they they were they thought they were doing the right thing. Nobody was angry, and then they look at me like, huh? Cause I'm like, it's not about anger. Okay. Well, I think that's it's, a good it's point. A part of it. It's a part of I it. I think it's a good point though, off of, you know, to step back from, from the results a little bit to talk about it, because I think, you know, teeing this off is, I think it's easier, it's easier to blame the jurors. I mean, how many times have we heard the reason why someone gets hit yeah. for a big verdict? Well, it's because the jurors were stupid. It's because we had bad juror data. It's because this, because yeah. it's, it's always uh, blame the jurors. Blaming the jurors. The jurors. Blame. Stop blaming the refs. Again, I was just gonna say that's unless it's right? Unless it's a, a Duke basketball game, <laughs> stop blaming the refs, okay? Unless it's a uh, uh, a Kansas City Chiefs. Actually, the Chiefs have been uh, – the refs haven't been too kind to Kansas no. City lately, right? But um, stop blaming the refs. Stop blaming the jurors. We, we know why this is happening, right? And everybody wants to blame the jurors because it's a very convenient out. It's, a very con it's very convenient because it gives you a target to blame, Right. And we know it's more now. Now, let's, so let's go back there. You would expect to have a very strong relationship, right? Let's say 0. 0.6, yeah. 0. 0.7, right? We got we got 0. 0.3. Okay, so you would consider that it's kind of on the borderline of a weak positive correlation to kind of mild moderate. How would you define yeah. it? I mean, it's kind of loose but as far as the way the conventions are, but typically it's zero to 0.3 is weak. And yeah. then 0.3 to 0.7 is moderately strong. So you're, you're like okay. weak and then barely moderate. So I wouldn't call it just very strong correlation at all. Okay. So kind of question number one is, is there a relationship? Of course there is. How strong is it? It's mild, right? I mean, it's it's just getting to the moderate level. But it's certainly not strong or very strong, right. right? Right. Okay. Now let's talk about what this is going to get tricky uh, with predictive validity and, and variance. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and the other measurement you did? Because I think this actually spells it out a little bit better, but it's really hard to understand. So I just give the give the one on one version of this, dude. Yeah. So the one on ones you run what's called a linear regression, and essentially what you're looking at in a linear regression is looking at, once again, kind of relationships between the variables. But what you have in, in certain instances in regression is you have what you call your predictor variable and then your outcome variable. So whether or not this one independent predictor variable can predict the outcome. But in this case, we are looking at anger being the predictor variable and then damage awards being the outcome variable. So I think one thing that's interesting, just to keep in mind with correlations, it doesn't matter what you call the independent versus the dependent variable, because it's just a relationship between the two of them. You're not trying to look at whether one predicts the other. You're just looking at the relationship between the two of them. So you can flip flop them all you want. In a regression, 
you can't flip-flop them. And when you flip-flop them, it, you're ask, really asking a different question. So if you were to flip-flop in a regression model, you would say, does high damage awards predict anger? Well, th that would be nonsensical, right? Yeah. So in this, we flipped it and said, okay, does anger scores, does anger values predict damage awards? So it's a little bit different in order to look at whether or not it has predictive validity and whether or not it's a variable that you can look at and say, okay, if I ramp this up, as the score gets higher, once again, I have a predicting of, of the value of this going up as well. So similar to correlation, but slightly different. All so right. with that, I ran a regression model. Um, this is where people are going to flip. This is where people are going to flip out. I love it as they <laughs> as they should. Because listen, at least now you got some data, and we're going to continue studying this. But we had enough to give you a snapshot of what we found so far. We're going to do more and come back on the podcast. But but he, before we release the, I mean, I gotta say this, Steve. You have to understand. Okay, I mean, for the last three years. Since this podcast is formed, we've heard nothing from the defense bar, from claims people, from half of our competitors, couple plaintiff attorneys. This is all about anger, anger, anger. That's all we've heard. Okay. Number one. Number two, and I'm not going to name names, um, but there's a group out there that does seminars on how to prevent nuclear verdicts, right? Their keynote speaker at every seminar is a psychologist that's an expert in anger. And when you look at the brochure, right, what does it say? It, it's all about anger, 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 anger. To the point where they brought in, they're bringing psychologists with specialty in anger as the top speaker of the nuclear verdict seminar, which tells me that's what you find most important in the equation of nuclear verdicts, right? And so it was very important for us seeing how the world saw nuclear verdicts and how they in their brain, not their computers, not their statistical analyses, but in their brain were connecting this very logical connection between anger and... We saw the mistakes here. We saw the misreads here. We saw the assumptions here. And that's why we did this study to say, yeah, of course, juror anger is important, but you, you better handle all these other things because we actually think these other things are even more meaningful than juror anger. So had to throw that in. No, I think that, that's a good point. You know, in, in, like I said, I'm trying to keep this light on the stats and I'm, I know it's hard to sell up more. Um, but for purposes of this, what we found when you run a regression analysis, you know, you get whether or not it's a predictive, you know, whether or not it's a significant yeah. predictor, statistically significant, as you talked about. And yes, no surprise, it's statistically significant. Yeah. Then the next step you have to go to, much like a correlation, where you have to look at how strong is the correlation. And in a regression, you're going to look at what's called the R-square, which, like I said, once again, <laughs> for purposes of this, all you need to understand is that the R-square tells you how much of the variance, how much of the explanation of the outcome is related to this predictor? Yeah, let's repeat that. So so variance is very important and it's very hard to understand. But what Steve just says, correct. So it's a percentage, right? Um, well, it's a value that's conver converted into a percentage. That tells you of the 100% of what's going on, here's this, this is the slice of the pie, right? 
Is that is that right. fair? Yeah, right. that so that's what we're talking about. So the the value Steve is about to give you, in other words, of this relationship of anger and and damage awards, of that one hundred percent that's going into that relationship. Okay, actually, I take that back. It's really the of of the outcome, right? What 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 percentage? What is what's anger's role from a percentage right. point of view? Is that the better way to say? Yeah, I mean, it's it's how, how much how much of the outcome is explained by anger. So by when, anger. You there you damage, go. when you have this damage award, how much of it can be attributed to anger? Much like an apportionment of fault type thing, similar but not a little bit different. But yeah, so how much of it is attributed to anger? Okay, so before you give the number, for example, if we ran this study, and it came out, I mean, because it's yeah, you have to understand another thing about variance. There's always multiple factors involved. So like you're not gonna have a variance of 90%. That right. it's not gonna happen, right? Because we know there's other things going on. But here, the way you heard you heard everybody talking about this, you would expect the variance would be like 50 to 70%, right? Something high. Something well above. I mean, it would have to be at least. 50%, right? Because everybody was walking around saying, it's anger, it's anger. We got to stop your anger. I'm hiring a psychologist at my seminar to teach these defense attorneys how to decrease your anger. I mean, so based on all that, you would certainly assume that anger, right, would be at least over the 50% mark. Fair? Fair. That would be that would be the hypothesis. Okay, lay it on me. What, what was it? Uh, it was 11%. Mm -hmm. So that means you have 89% essentially uh, unattributed to other variables, somewhat other, whether it be random noise. Yeah. Any that other we didn't other measure, that we didn't measure because right. that wasn't the purpose of the study and you can't measure everything. Now, here's something funny. Enough. You say 11%. I was like, holy shit. Okay. So before we, or actually as we were doing the study, but even before we designed the study, I would be on stage or I'd be on LinkedIn or I'd be on my, I'd be talking to somebody. So I'd talk about this topic and they would ask me about your, and I'd say, it's, mm, I'm like, it's not as big a factor as you think. And people would ask me, Steve, I shit you not. I absolutely shit you not. People would ask me, okay, well, every 10 juries that you watch in your mock trials, right? That have these, you know, have, you know, big verdicts or whatever. How many of the 10 like go off, like they get pissed. They get pissed. And you know what my answer would be? This is before you did the stats. I'd say I would always say I'd be like, like about one. Yeah. Sometimes two, but usually you know, one out of ten. Like I don't like it's under twenty percent. Like I don't see like for every ten juries, I'm like okay, one jury just went off. Like they just lost their minds, and they got pissed but it's typically one out of 10. Sometimes it's one out of 15. So the fact that you're coming back with 11% was kind of spot on to what I was just observing in my head going, this is not a very common occurrence. No. And I think to your point, you know, when, when that happens, when it spins out of control, at least from, you know, what we've seen, and that's what we talk about later about why we're going to look at trait anger. A lot of times it's one or two just angry, pissed off jurors. And we know they're angry and pissed off from the morning. They're just yeah. how they're wired. They're just, yeah, they came like in that. that way. Yeah, and then they come in, and then they tend to run if they're if they're more of the leader. They tend to rile up the rest of the group. Um, yeah, that 
a lot of it is just characteristic though of the juror dependent and the group makeups. Yeah. But to your point. Yeah. I was, I was surprised at 11%. I, I thought that was, I was yeah. half expecting even and, and something else. Would have been. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, well, here's the thing I, I expected Brad Brown, what you got so, Yeah. everybody, if you would ask, by the way, right now, like before we just delivered that, if, if I go email, cause like we're recording this right now, it's not going to be really released for a couple of weeks. If I email 25 people right now and go, what percentage of nuclear verdicts has caused, like, right? I asked them in the various questions, like, what percentage of, of, of nuclear verdicts? Or, uh, what, like, what, what is anger's role of the 100% of the outcome? What is everybody going to say, Steve? Oh, it's 75%. It's 80%. Yeah. That's what they're going to say. Everybody. Everybody. There you have a new, so, now you have a new, now you have a new, uh, uh, research hypothesis. I, I know, I know. And so we're going to study, we'll, we'll talk about, um, we're going to kind of finish up with kind of what we're going to look at next, but here's the whole point. And again, I'm not trying to embarrass anybody. I'm not calling anybody out. I'm trying to set the record straight. So you make better decisions as claims people, as attorneys, but the amount of attention that this juror anger thing has gotten is absurd. And the assumptions being made are absurd in its amateur hour. Everybody's a psychologist all of a sudden. Angry jurors. No, no. Is it a well, factor? Absolutely. Reason, well, I think another reason why it's important too, is if you think about from a strategy perspective, if you're thinking that all angry jurors are angry, then you start strategizing and figuring out ways to diffuse that anger. Yeah. Then you end up either a not doing it right or b wasting your time trying to diffuse something because you think that's the driving force when you could be using it in a better situation to look at causation, point fingers at empty chairs, do a lot of other things that you'd be doing um, yeah. rather than focusing on like, make sure that these jurors aren't pissed. Exactly, and there's some other biases you should be looking for in jury selection, right? That may be more powerful than anger, <laughs> yeah. right? So. There's, I mean, this discussion can go on and on and on, but I want every, I want everybody to get this straight. Is anger important? Absolutely. It, is it the driving force of nuclear verdicts? Hell no, it's not. And we, we've known that. We've been yelling, we've been screaming this to you. So yeah, do I, okay, again, I'm trying to be fair here, Steve. I'm not calling anybody, I'm just trying to be fair. If you want to go read psychology papers or listen to psychologists like us, and study your anger as part of your training as an attorney or claims person to understand about, go ahead. I'm not telling you not to. But what I am saying, if you, if you are making the correlation in your brain that anger is the primary driver of these jurors and you're blaming the jurors, you're, you're missing the boat. You are way, way, way off. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely way off. And we've known this for some time. It's something that you have to be aware of. You some got to deal with it. There's a lot of other things going on and we've written about these things. We've talked about these things. Okay. There's a lot. And if I, I could tell you one of them right now, it's going to piss everybody off, but I'm not going to, because I'm, I don't want to go on my fourth rant of this freaking podcast. No, let's keep, we'll keep away from that one. Okay, but let's uh, Steve talk a little bit about kind of um, what we're going to look at here in the near future. 
Sure. And I do want to circle back because we had mentioned mm-hmm. just for, for the listeners, because I had teed up this individual verdicts versus the high, low, fair exercise. Um, just for those who are curious, we did the same type of analysis with the fair uh, damage awards, and we got something similar too. So you you had very similar numbers across the board, whether it was individual and fair, yeah. which comes as no surprise because there's a big correlation between when jurors are giving their individual verdicts and what they believe is the quote unquote fair. Yeah. 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 And listen, I, I, I believe it's important to listen. Every time I read a research study online, if I see one, right. Or somebody emails me, I, I attack it. That's my job as a scientist. I attack the authenticity of it. I look at the sample. I look at the methodology and I, I, cause there's a lot of bullshit science out there, Steve. Okay. Is this a perfect study? No. Okay. Um, I know our sample's high enough to have appropriate statistical power. I'm not worried about that. I know, our, I know the diversity of our sample is extraordinarily diverse. Something important, we mixed different types of causes of action into this. There's transportation, there's med mal, there's construction, there's product liability. Reason being, anger, if, if the hypothesis is that the more anger you have, the higher the verdicts, it shouldn't matter what type of case it is. I think that's, that's, that is, I think- It shouldn't matter. Right. right. It shouldn't matter. So we have a diversity in the cases, right? What the, the variables that we're collecting from these, from these cases, we have diversity there too. Now, does the study have some weaknesses? Of, of course. I think there's, is there a better way to study this? Yeah. If um, I, I take a six months of vacation and get a grant uh, yeah. with about $2.5 million dollars, yeah, I can I can give you a lot more answers to do that. So could you, Steve? I don't I don't see that happening. So we're working with what we have. But again, I, I think um, from an ex- scientific acceptability standpoint, I've gone through. I've checked all these boxes. Not, I'm really comfortable um, with the the methodology and the results that we have. Yeah, and I think to address though, when you're talking about weaknesses and doing things better and all that. You know, that's really going to, we're still collecting data. I'm still entering data. I'm still wanting yeah. to analyze data, but we did want to get something out at least very simplistic because as we were hearing before that this was a pretty simplistic, uh, idea, which we've realized now, and we've proved multiple times over that it's not simplistic. Yeah. So what we want to do going forward is we're, we're measuring trait anger, as you mentioned before, state anger pissed off at the moment, trade anger, you just come in angry. So what we want to do is, is get trait anger and then add that to our analyses um, to try to see whether or not one, you know, the adding, whether or not adding that changes yeah. kind of that relationship because. Yeah, because, yeah, because listen, if you're in jury selection, somebody may not be angry at that particular time, but they get angry during the trial. That would be state anger, right? And that's really what everybody talks about. But what is it if what if you had a juror that comes into juries? They're already angry, right? They don't they don't you know they're they're mad that the the Chicago Bears aren't making the playoffs yet again. You know they're mad that uh, you know Ahanti signed with uh, the Dodgers instead of the Cubs, right? They're they're mad that you know their, their kids not get good grades. They're mad at politics or whatever right they already come in mad right well that's a different type of anger right now the trait anger person comes in wired angry and 
that can be exacerbated throughout the trial as well, right? So that can kind of double up. It's a it's a different variable that deserves attention, right? And like you said, you can you can uh, analyze it in such a way too that you can see. Let's say, for example, you have state anger significantly is related to damage awards. Well, adding in that trait anger, you could actually take the significance of state anger and make it not significant anymore, and then trait anger all of a sudden is now yeah significant yeah so adding as you add more variables what you're doing is trying to find out once all these things have been included <laughs> which one is really the one that's predicting the outcome so that's what we're trying to do is add additional variables to the analysis and it's tricky anger being one of them mm. yeah it's tricky um, and we, we're not going to go into type one and type two no. errors and all that shit no. but you can only test so many variables you can't test all of them because you have type two error Okay, so one of the questions I get, which again, it's just not practical. The other thing that we, so we combine different types of cases into one sample. We also, we also, we also collapse the geography because people want to know like, well, do cases in the Southeast, are they more valuable than cases in the Northeast? It's like, we didn't look at that because we don't, you know, could we? Yeah. If we increase the sample by a factor of 25, but we're just not there yet. Right. And so we can't answer all the questions with the data, but we can really uh, focus in and um, uh, really, really look at some of these key things. I think that's what we've done. And I think that um, there's more to be done. I think this is a huge, important step uh, to open up everybody's eyes that yes, anger is important. Okay. It's not the most important thing. It's a factor, but you're looking at, you know, 11% of the variance. That's, <laughs> you know, that's 89% of other stuff going on. So keep that in mind. And uh, we, we, I th think it's pretty safe. We, we know what's in the 89%. Yeah. And like I said, we'll, we'll make sure we come back. As I mentioned, we're going to be adding other variables looking at other things, we'll reanalyze it, analyze it using different techniques and stuff that I won't necessarily go into now, but truth yeah. be told, we, we know, we know the limitations, but we also know how to make sure we look at it in a different way in a deeper level. And we plan to do that so that we can make sure we provide even more information at a higher level under higher scrutiny with, you know, people trying to pick, pick at it and, and look at things the way that it's they don't think that it might be done scientifically. Um, we're going to take all that into consideration. So it, we have a, a more definitive answer that's even more explainable from the data, from the science versus just a gut feeling in what you think is the, the actual outcome. Yeah, it's a tricky subject. Um, I, I found it really fascinating and is the perfect timing of this podcast that we are listening to. And by the way, we are writing a paper on this and we will cite that podcast in the paper on who said it and when it was said. Uh, paper's almost done. Um, but we listened to it, and he was saying, it's a plaintiff attorney on the Keenan Edge podcast, right? Fridays with Keenan. Fantastic podcast. Hats off to the yeah, Keenan. Fantastic. Very, very, very well done. Um, they have not invited you and I on the podcast yet. Um, yeah. Quite disappointing. Um, I would love to have one of them on this podcast. I think it would be effing fantastic. I think it'd be, it'd be great. I think it'd be great. Right. But I'll bring, anyway. bring me on and I'll moderate it. Yeah, you can moderate. Right. But this guy was saying is like, I don't want angry jurors. Angry jurors do me no good. Angry jurors could get angry at my client. I don't want angry jurors. They're too. Nobody said they're too risky. Yeah, they are. They're too risky for everybody. He was saying 
happy, positive jurors, I can win them over. I can convince them to give me a lot of money and they'll be happy about it. I don't want angry people. I agree with that guy because remember, and Steve, we talked about this and we're going to put this in the paper. We've gone over the reptile materials. How many times? Hundreds. Yeah. How many times in the reptile book does it say, make the jurors angry because that's going to get you more money? How many times? Zero. I'm sorry, say that again, Dr. Wood. Zero. Zero. The reptile material, the training materials, the book, Reptile Revolution, 2009. I've read the thing 300 times. Not once in the book does it say, make those anger, make those jurors angry because you're going to get more money. Doesn't say that. But what does it say multiple times, Steve? empower the jurors make them strong build these people up and get them motivated and eager to side with you how many times do i have to say it's 2024 i've been screaming this for 10 years over 10 i mean screaming it it's not about the anger they want to build the jurors up and it's in the if you read the book you'd figure it out and still, to this day, God, I mean, how many um, reptile, uh, I still got one, and some uh, learn how to defeat reptile theory CLE coming next month. I'm going, who's doing this? Like, where where have you been? Yeah. Welcome to the party, pal. I mean, Which come we've mentioned on. Before. We've mentioned on a prior podcast, right? It's not it's the edge now. It's not even reptile. But hey, listen, back to our audience. Steve, great job. Uh, episode number 200. This is fantastic. We're going to keep this thing going. Okay, we're going to keep this thing going. We're going to have great guests on, great material. Sometimes it'll just be one of us. Sometimes we Steve and I. Sometimes we'll have a guest. I'd like to do more panels, get multiple guests on at once. We did the, I thought, the best episode of the year, which, of course, I was the host. Uh, but I, I, what I got, what, what I've heard uh, was the one that we did on uh, artificial intelligence when we had three attorneys on talking about where they see artificial intelligence, like how I, I think we need to hit that topic even more going into 2024, um, amongst some other topics. But I do want to do, I definitely want to do more panels and get the get, get, yeah, get everybody talking about this stuff. Um, I don't see any other podcasts in civil litigation really coming at it like we are. Uh, and I think that's, I don't care, I, I think that's fine. Uh, we will do this. We will lead the charge. We will pioneer this effort and we're going to keep going uh, full steam ahead. That's right. Yeah, I'm looking forward. I got a few few uh, guests I'm really looking forward to in 2024 that I've already lined up to, to nice. come on. And one of them to talk about a big defense victory. And I think that's what we've talked about before that yeah. the defense bar hasn't done enough of is, is sharing victories. No. So I'm going to bring an attorney on to talk about a big victory that he had. So that's what I'm literally looking forward to in 2024 as well. Outstanding. I'll go ahead and wrap this up then, Bill. Yep. Uh, like I said, check out courtroomsciences.com, blogs, posts, all of that is up there. Feel free to reach out to Bill or myself via email or our cell phones. Um, like I said, always happy to talk, always happy to discuss things more. We'll be back on talking more about this data and other topics coming up soon. Once again, 200 episode. Thanks for joining. This has been another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences.